Hello, and thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast from Prism Insurance Agency. As you know, we put in a ton of time and effort to make each of our shows as valuable as we can. If you find the information useful, please share this podcast with a friend by emailing it to them or sharing this on the social media site of your choice. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Shelley Bloom, the Director of Legislative Awareness and Training. With us today, we have Ron Lynch. Ron is the market leader for Medicare with Emerson Reed. Today's topic will be on Medicare and preparing for open enrollment. Ron, I have a few questions for you, but before I begin, I would like to state this. This podcast is designed to highlight various employee benefit matters of general interest to our listeners. It is not intended to interpret law or regulations or to address specific client situations. You should not act or rely on any information contained herein without seeking the advice of an attorney or a tax professional. With that, I'd like to welcome you, Ron. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Shelley. I'm going to begin with our first question here. As we are approaching Medicare and Medicare open enrollment, can you tell me a little bit about Medicare open enrollment first? Sure. So Medicare open enrollment um, is really referred to as the annual election period, uh, and it runs from October 15th through December 7th. And that's a time period during the year where people who are enrolled in a Medicare Advantage plan, a Part D drug plan, or they simply just have Medicare Part A and B, this is a time period where they can either enroll into a new plan, they can switch Medicare Advantage or Part D drug plans, or simply disenroll. Okay. And another common question that we get is, do you get your Medicare card automatically when you turn 65, or do you have to ask for it? So can you explain how that whole process goes as someone would be approaching age 65? Sure, sure. So, Shelley, a lot of that depends on uh, whether or not someone's collecting Social Security. Uh, well, you know, in this day and age, it seems that many people are deferring their Social Security to a later age, post-65. However, if you're collecting Social Security prior to turning age 65, the enrollment into Medicare Part A is automatic. So on your 65th birth month, you will receive that notice with an ID card, a Medicare ID card, um, telling you that you're enrolled in Medicare Part A and Part B. Um, it's, if you choose to waive it at that time, you can do so. Now, if you defer your Social Security payments until post-65, when you're approaching your 65th birthday, it's, it's up to you to enroll in Medicare Part A and or Part B on your own, and that's typically done online, um, and it can be accessed through www.medicare.gov or by accessing the Social Security website. Either website will take you to that enrollment. Um, but oftentimes, you know, people assume that they're automatically going to be enrolled in Part A of Medicare when they turn 65, and that's not always the case. So another reason why this might be happening is that as all of these baby boomers get older and we get towards the end of that baby boomer generation, Social Security is no longer activated at age 65. It's at a later date. So this is the part of the reason why people aren't getting their Social Security and their Medicare notices together. Is that correct? That's 100% correct. Um, you know, and as I mentioned before, a lot of people assume that it's automatic, um, you know, because many years ago, 
most people were already collecting Social Security when they were turning 65, so it happened automatically. Nowadays, people are working longer, uh, and they're you know they're staying on the employer health plan, and they and they're deferring that Social Security payment uh, in, until age 66, 67, or later. Um, and one other thing I want to mention as well is for those people who are deferring Social Security and they're going to continue to work and remain on the employer health plan, um, if they decide to waive their Medicare at age 65, uh, one thing I want people to keep in mind is that at the point when you do elect to collect Social Security payments, if you have not yet elected Medicare Part A, you will be automatically enrolled in Part A. So that's that Social Security election is really the trigger that begins Part A for enrollees. Um, and one thing we found is that people who have elected the Social Security payments, they're automatically enrolled in Part A without really realizing it. And that Part A enrollment is backdated six months. That's one of the answers I, I have not been able to find uh, why it's backdated six months, but that's the case. So uh, that does also raise other questions, um, but it is something that I wanted to point out, is that when Social Security is elected, you will automatically be enrolled in Part A, whether you choose to enroll or not. So can I briefly ask the question then, if you're automatically enro enrolled in Part A, that is the free part of this. Um, we've paid for taxes over the years, so it's free to us but it's free to the person when they're enrolling. And then if they want to buy their Part B, their Part D, or their Advantage plan, those all cost additional monies. Is that all correct? That is all correct. Um, so the Part A, as long as you've worked uh, and paid your taxes uh, for 40 quarters is the requirement, you qualify for Part A at no charge. Part B, Part D, Part C, and Medigap, those are the plans or the or the policies that you're going to purchase that you will be charged. Okay. You also mentioned about people that as they turn 65, they're working longer. Some of them are attempting to or staying enrolled in the employer's coverage. So while I'm actively working at my place of employment, can you help me to understand what the difference is between Medicare being the primary payer or Medicare secondary payer? And I understand that that talks about whether or not an employer has 20 employees. It's very confusing to someone who's attempting to enroll in Medicare. So can you shed some light on all of that, please? Sure, sure. And, and this is probably one of the most, uh, this is one of the topics that causes the most confusion uh, among Medicare eligibles as well as employers. Um, so you know what happens is if you're still working at age 65 when when you become eligible for Medicare um you have to decide at that point whether you're going to enroll in Medicare or waive uh and a lot of that depends on your employment and the 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 availability or your enrollment in an employer health care plan um so if you're working for an employer that has fewer than 20 employees on the payroll now, that counts all active employees on the payroll, not just full-timers. That counts full-timers, part-timers, seasonal, um, and, uh, and those types of employees. If there's fewer than 20, the government says that Medicare is the primary insurance if you're still enrolled on the employer health care plan. 
Um, so what that means is that the insurance carrier is not required to pay claims primary in the absence of Medicare. So oftentimes I get phone calls from people um, and they work for a small employer that maybe has 10 or, or, or 9 employees uh, and they've never enrolled in Medicare. They're 66 or 67 years old and the insurance company um, is still continuing to pay the claims primary. Unfortunately, that's not the correct way. Uh, the insurance companies oftentimes will continue to pay primary because they don't always necessarily know how many employees the company has. However, what we've seen far too often is somebody will go and have a big claim, uh, and whether it's the insurance carrier or Medicare, they will audit that claim to determine who the primary insurance should be. And if somebody does not have their Medicare when they should have, uh, those claims do get kicked back by Medicare um, or by the insurance carrier. So the, the general rule is if you work for an employer and you're on the payroll, you're enrolled in the employer's health plan, Medicare is primary insurance if that employer has fewer than 20 employees. If the employer has greater than 20 employees, or, or let me say if the employer has 20 or more people in, um, on that payroll, then Medicare is the secondary insurance if you choose to remain on the employer health plan. And what that means is you can waive your Medicare Part A or Part B or both and remain on the employer health plan as if Medicare was never even an option. And at the point you choose to retire or disenroll from that employer health plan, that's the time when you need to activate your Medicare, and you can generally do so without penalty or delay. So to go along with that, if I work for an employer that only has 11 people on payroll, then Medicare is going to be the primary payer for me when I turn 65, and I should enroll in the Part A and Part B, and I'll be paying a little bit for my Part B, and then, of course, if I buy any supplement, I'd be paying for all of that, right? That's correct. So typically, you know, how we would advise someone who works for an employer in, in your situation or your example is if you work for an employer who has less than 20 on the payroll and you become eligible for Medicare due, due to turning 65, um, you really do need to make sure that you activate your Part A and your Part B because they will be the primary insurance in that scenario. You're welcome to maintain and hold on to that employer health care plan but oftentimes the coordination of benefits between the two is clumsy at best, uh, and it's not cost-effective. Um, and, and I say that, and I'll, I'll give a very quick example. Uh, if, if you go to see a doctor and Medicare is the primary insurance, Medicare is going to pay their portion, then that doctor needs to submit the balance to the employer health plan that you're enrolled in, um, and oftentimes the providers or the doctors aren't submitting those claims properly and you're getting a bill. Um, and then you're going to have to turn around and submit that to the insurance company for reimbursement. Um, and, and, and the other issue is, you know, from a cost-effective standpoint, um, the employer health plan, you're not going to get a discount on that health plan because Medicare is now the primary insurance. The employer health plan is going to continue to charge full price for that plan to your employer 
and that full price is, is what you're going to pay even though that insurance company is now paying secondary to Medicare. So they're paying a much smaller share of the claim uh, if they're paying at all, and you're still paying that high amount for that health care. So it sounds like in that example where I work for a smaller employer, somebody that has less than 20 employees, it's probably in my best interest to get my Part A, Part B, buy some kind of a supplement to those, and use that as all of my insurance and drop out of the employer's plan. That might be the cheapest way for me to do it and also cover me the easiest. Does that sound like the right answer? That does. That sounds like great advice. Uh, and that's typically the advice that we would give um, in, in most cases. Um, it is the most cost-effective way to purchase uh, secondary insurance, um, supplement, Medicare supplemental insurance, also called Medigap, which is built and priced to pay secondary to Medicare. Um, and oftentimes it is much less expensive for the employee as well, you know, regardless of how much the employer is paying towards the employer health plan. Um, and it's oftentimes going to save the employee money. Uh, it's not going to necessarily hinder their health care coverage. Um, and it uh, you know, it works much, much smoother than an employer plan trying to coordinate benefits with Medicare. Thank you for explaining that. And so on the reverse side, if I work at an employer that has 20 or more employees, let's say in this case they have 72 employees, then I can choose to stay on my employer's plan when I turn 65. I don't need to enroll in Medicare Part A or Part B and I can continue to be on my employer's plan just like I was before I turned 65. Would there be any penalties that I would incur when I turn 69 or 70 or 71 and I finally want to enroll in Medicare? So let me, I'll start by answering that question by saying that, you know, first and foremost, uh, you're always you always have the ability to enroll in Medicare Part A and B, but when you work for an employer that has 20 or more employees on the payroll, uh, you know, the government says that if you choose to keep the employer health plan, which is your right, Medicare will be the secondary insurance. And that means you do not need to enroll in Medicare A or B at the time. So many people will activate their Part A because it is free. Uh, it does get them into the system. Um, we don't always advise activating Part A, um, depending on the type of plan that somebody may have. If there's an HSA plan involved, then enrolling in Part A may not be the, the best choice at that time. However, if you choose to stay on the employer health plan, you can waive your Medicare and you can enroll at a later date um, at, at, at the point when you are no longer actively at work or the point where you are no longer on the employer health care you get a special enrollment period under Medicare rules of actually eight months where you can enroll in Part A and or Part B uh, penalty-free at that time, uh, and there's no additional waiting period. Um, but as I said in the beginning, um, you are not required to keep the employer health care plan. It is your right when you turn 65 to enroll in the Medicare program and maybe purchase uh, individual Medicare supplemental insurance or Part D drug coverage. And in some cases, it may be more cost effective for somebody to go that route 
than to stay on the employer health plan. And a lot of that really depends on how much the employer is contributing towards somebody's health plan and, and, and the benefits. Are the benefits good? Is there a high deductible? Um, so those are things that you can factor in. Uh, and I say that because oftentimes people feel like they have to stay on their employer health plan in that scenario. You never have to stay on your employer health plan. It's always your right to go into the individual Medicare program if you choose, and, and that's the more cost-effective option. Thank you, Ron, for explaining that and for making it clear that when you have 20 or more, it is each employee's choice based on their own situation. And I have one final question that sort of walks along with this, and it relates to the Medicare Part D. There are notices that go out to employees, and a lot of employers will send them out at this time leading up to that Medicare open enrollment. Can you tell me a little bit about what that Part D notice says to an employee and how that might help them to make a decision going into the Medicare open enrollment period? Sure, sure. So uh, much like Part A and Part B, you know, the government requires that when you turn age 65, you either need to enroll into the Medicare program or if you're in a situation where you have 20 or more employees, uh, you work for an employer with 20 or more employees, you can validly waive out of Part A and Part B if you have that equivalent or better coverage. Um, Part D, same idea. Um, however, with Part D, there's no over 20 or under 20 restriction. Um, it, it doesn't matter the size of the employer. But what the government says is when you turn 65 or you first become eligible for Medicare, you need to either be enrolled, you, need, you need to either enroll in a Part D drug plan or you need to have credible prescription coverage. And credible prescription coverage means that you have prescription coverage that is at a minimum as good as Part D coverage uh, would, would be, standardized Part D coverage would be that's offered from the insurance companies. So many people, if they're still enrolled in an employer health plan, as long as you have prescription coverage, most plans are considered credible. If you're not sure if your plan's credible, I would check with your employer. Uh, and, and that is where those letters that you mentioned, Shelley, so every fall the employer is required to notify their Medicare-eligible employees or family members uh, whether or not the prescription plan that the employer offers is considered credible when compared to Part D. If your plan is considered credible, you are eligible to to stay, remain on that plan and not purchase Part D until a later date. Um, and at some point, you know, again, if you retire or you disenroll from the employer health care plan, at that time is when you get a special enrollment period of 60 days this time to purchase Part D prescription coverage. Well, thank you so much, Ron. I think that the Diving into this subject means we could go on for hours and talk about it, but I think we'll bring this podcast to a close. I want to remind everyone that Ron Lynch, again, is the market leader for Medicare with Emerson Reed. He is available to talk with you or to talk to your group if you have any questions. You can access Ron's expertise through the person that you work with at Emerson Reed, um, whether it be your account executive or your broker consultant, they can connect you to Ron. So thank you, Ron. We hope you found this podcast helpful and informative. 
And if you have any questions, please contact again your account manager or your salesperson. Thank you, Ron. Thanks, Shelley. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's podcast from Prism Insurance Agency. We've got additional information and links in our show notes, which you can click on to learn more. If you have any questions about any of the topics covered or would like to learn more, you can go to our website, www.myprisminsurance.com. You can reach out to us on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter. Call us at 951-243-2800 or email me directly at prob at myprisminsurance.com. The email is in the show notes as well. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in, and have a wonderful week.